This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. It's the biggest social media app right now, with one billion users worldwide. The US, however, isn't alone in the ban. The European Commission has also suspended the app on corporate phones and Canada has moved to block the app from its government-issued devices. But Australia has joined a number of Western countries in banning Chinese social media app TikTok on government devices. As a member of the Five Eyes intelligence community, Australia is not alone in seeing China as a particular cyber risk. The Attorney General's office says TikTok carries security and privacy risks because it's exposed to the laws of foreign countries. But politicians and public servants are still free to use US apps like Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. The issues that apply in relation to data from TikTok apply equally to Amazon, to Meta, to Facebook. Today, why is the West so worried about TikTok? It's Wednesday, the 12th of April. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. So, Josh... TikTok has become one of the most popular apps among young people. How would you describe the kind of cultural impact that it's having? It's pretty easy to see how deeply embedded in the culture it's already become. Josh Taylor is a reporter for Guardian Australia. It started out as sort of people doing dances a lot. Now it's sort of evolved that the latest books are something that need to be promoted through TikTok. Okay, let's go through some popular TikTok books and I'll tell you my thoughts. Music often goes viral and, and becomes a big hit because it's being used in a lot of TikTok videos. It's just had a really, really big cultural impact in a very short amount of time. So, you know, anyone who's sort of under the age of 25 is no doubt using it for the most part. And that just seems to have a flow on effect for, for wider society, I think. These social media apps kind of come and go. Some of them are wildly popular and then just disappear into the ether within weeks. You've mentioned that TikTok's really culturally significant, but how significant is TikTok as an app within the broader tech industry at the moment? I mean, it, it is sort of the hottest app around at the moment. I think if you look at the, the user figures, I think it's something like 1 billion worldwide. There's 7 million in Australia. And that has happened over the course of just the last couple of years. And it's made by a company called ByteDance, which is a, a Chinese-owned company. And just to get to that level, you know, it took a lot of the other sort of 
mainstay social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram years and years to get to that level. So the uptake has been quite quick. The reason why TikTok's been able to embed itself in culture so quickly is because so many people started um, uh, signing up and using it. And continue using it, I guess, years on. Yeah, I think that's probably part of the algorithm as well because that you know you are flicking through short videos and it's keeping you in the app and and I you know you speak to a lot of people who are who say that they're addicted to TikTok and they say I just use it when I'm in bed and and wanting something to do and they just they can spend hours on there just just watching video after video because it's just like I guess it feeds that brain's need for new information and and something exciting to do so it it, it works very well for for what they're trying to achieve with it I think so TikTok's come under a lot of scrutiny recently from Western governments in particular. Why are they so worried about it? It is the first time that we've seen an app get to this popularity that is not from a Western country, essentially, and this popular within Western countries. And that means that it has started to raise questions among those Western countries about what Chinese laws might apply to ByteDance, given that they're not uh, an American company and based in America. The biggest concern that they are essentially worried about is is the 2017 national security law in China that requires organizations and citizens to support, assist, and cooperate with the state intelligence network. And it got to the point where the Attorney General, Mark Dreyfus, then announced last week that they were going to ban it for Australian government workers and politicians. So it sounds like a big part of the concern here is that there could be state interference because this is a Chinese-owned company. Are there any other concerns about the widespread influence of TikTok? Well, I should say that the US and Australia aren't the first or only countries that have looked at bans on TikTok. India um, and quite a few other countries have either banned or temporarily banned TikTok on and off over different concerns. Uh, the, probably the big one to mention is, is Taiwan, that they've banned it from their government devices too for the obvious reasons concerned about China for them. But these are the first discussions we're seeing about bans in, in Western countries. So, yeah, aside from the data security and privacy concerns that have been raised uh, and what that would mean in terms of Chinese government access, there's also concern around the algorithm that basically determines what you see on your feed in uh, in the app and that algorithm, you know, you can kind of look at it and figure out why it's presenting you a certain thing at a certain time, but there's no actual facility to look under the hood and see exactly how those recommendations are made and, and how that video is ends up in your feed, essentially. And there is concern that it could be manipulated so that you could end up in a case where the Chinese government wants to, you to see a certain video or not see a certain video in a lot of cases, and therefore it's either it's either pushed into your feed or it's banned from your feed. Uh, there's also concern that, that TikTok can be manipulating this algorithm itself as well. So if if it wants to show lots of content saying TikTok is great when when all of these Western countries are, are starting to clamp down on it, uh, it can do that. But we don't really have any way of knowing. I think that's the other major concern that, that a lot of people who are concerned about TikTok have. Right. So it sounds like there are concerns about the potential for the Chinese government to access users' data, but also concerns around the way TikTok itself uses that data for potentially nefarious means. Is there any proof that either of these things are actually happening? At the moment, we don't have any definitive proof. Uh, there has been reporting that ByteDance employees used uh, location data from the TikTok app to figure out where journalists were in relation to uh, 
employees who were suspected of leaking confidential information. And TikTok said when they discovered this was going on, they let go the uh, staff who were involved in trying to track down these journalist sources. We do not condone the effort by certain former employees to access US uh, TikTok user data in an attempt to identify the source of leaked confidential information. We condemn these actions. We took swift disciplinary action against employees who were found to be involved and are implementing measures to make sure this doesn't happen again. The Guardian did a story in 2019 that, that said that TikTok was censoring words around um, Tiananmen Square and things like that. So you can kind of see where this is happening. But in terms of just wide-scale Chinese government access to the, the data or any manipulation of the algorithm, we don't have any definitive proof of that. We haven't seen any independent evidence from governments about why this might be something that we should ban. And what has TikTok said about all of these concerns? You have not given straightforward answers. We don't find you credible on these things. Uh, and uh, with that, Madam Chair, I'd like to yield the balance. Congressman, you have given me no time to answer your questions. I reject the characterizations. So TikTok CEO Shoja Chu spent five hours being grilled in a US Congress hearing where he was questioned extensively about the Chinese government's involvement with TikTok, and he denied any relation to the Chinese government. Let me start by addressing a few misconceptions about ByteDance, of which we are a subsidiary. ByteDance is not owned or controlled by the Chinese government. It's a private company. He also denied any government interference in American data, saying it's stored in Singapore in the US, and we have a similar situation for Australia as well. Congressman, I have seen no evidence that the Chinese government has access to that data. They have never asked us, we have not provided. Since I've been CEO of this company, I've not had any discussions with Chinese government officials. But we know that TikTok isn't the only social media app with the potential to reach huge numbers of users and access their private data. And we know that, for example, Meta owns Facebook and Instagram and has a huge reach across all of these same countries. And there's also Twitter. So has the US come down as hard on these companies as it has on TikTok? Not to the same degree. And that essentially comes down to the fact that they are US companies and they essentially abide by US laws and they think that US laws are much more acceptable for them. Although, you know, that that's a question when you when you think about the Patriot Act and some of the, the requirements under those sorts of laws, national security laws that, that apply in those countries. But obviously they, they think it has a different dynamic because it is they these are Western companies and they abide by Western laws. Although, you know, you see when these companies do operate in China and, and in, in other countries with, with authoritarian regimes that they do tend to comply with the laws in which they operate. Hmm. Well, Australia's become the latest of the so-called Five Eyes Alliance to ban TikTok on government phones. They're following the US, the UK, New Zealand, France and Canada. How did this ban come about and what does it involve? So all this came out of a Home Affairs review of social media apps and the security issues that may be presented with them that was conducted last year to early this year. Uh, That was given to the government in March and TikTok was likely to be a big focus of that review. We don't know what that review contains, but in just a couple of weeks after the government received that report, they've announced this this government-wide ban on TikTok. And after it was announced by the Attorney General, the Finance Minister, Katie Gallagher, explained why the government had arrived at this decision. This has been informed by uh, security agencies' advice um, on work that's been done and provided to government. So that's uh, the decision we've taken is uh, around government-issued devices. 
So this ban involves effectively anyone who has a government-issued phone from the federal government will need to delete TikTok from their phone uh, if they have installed it as soon as possible, except in very, very limited circumstances, no one will be able to install TikTok in the future. From what we did before uh, the ban came into effect, we know that roughly about half of all of the government agencies uh, had already issued some sort of ban, but this just sort of makes it a consistent policy across the government. Next, how effective are bans on social media? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. How effective do you think this ban could be in protecting government-sensitive data if MPs and other government employees can just use TikTok on their personal devices and get around the ban? That's definitely going to be one of the things that's going to be raised in the coming weeks, I think, because Although, you know, Bill Shorten said he was going to delete it, Daniel Andrews said he was going to delete it, Chris Min says he was going to delete it, Mark Draper said he never had it. There are going to be a lot of politicians and public servants who keep using TikTok on their personal device. The argument is that because it will be separated out, you're not, you're not going to have your sensitive work emails and uh, all your sensitive communications in the same phone, that's less of an issue. But in terms of things like location information and stuff like that, if you are a public servant or a, or a politician or something like that and you're still using TikTok on your personal phone, that information is still going to be available to TikTok. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is just the first stage of tighter regulation of TikTok in Australia. And so how has TikTok responded to the Australian ban? So TikTok's Australian and New Zealand general manager, Lee Hunter, said TikTok was extremely disappointed by this decision. We do feel like we're being singled out. Which the company has said was driven by politics and not fact. And we feel like we're being singled out because of our country of origin. And how has the Chinese government responded to this announcement? China's foreign ministry has rejected concerns from the West so far, saying that they don't ask companies or individuals to provide information to them related to foreign countries. The Chinese government attaches great importance to the protection of data privacy and security in accordance with the law and has never and will never ask companies or individuals to collect or provide data, information and intelligence of foreign countries for the Chinese government in a manner that violates local laws. 
So China's response is interesting because it comes at a time where Australia-China relations are improving and there's been a bit of a thawing of the relationship and the response on the TikTok ban was relatively muted. It wasn't as heated as some of the languages saw in response to criticisms from the Morrison government. And I think that that sort of speaks a lot to how the new Albanese government has sort of approached these things. And I think if there was to be a potential national ban that might have a different implication but at the moment China's being a bit more muted than we would otherwise see I think at this point. So Josh you mentioned that ban on government phones could just be the first stage of the ban on TikTok in Australia. Do you think Australia could follow the US and and start contemplating banning the app even nationally? I think wherever the US goes we followed in, in these things usually and I would not be surprised if that's Depending on where the US goes, that's where we're headed. Uh, So Liberal Senator James Patterson, who's the shadow uh, cybersecurity spokesperson for the coalition, he said in an interview with Sky News this week that uh, the opposition would be pushing for a review into TikTok and its use on personal devices. Well, it's good that it's going to be banned from government devices because it removes that espionage risk to public servants. And he said that an outright ban should be on the table. But the data privacy and security risks and also the foreign interference risks that affect millions of Australians who use the platform are so far and yet not to be dealt with. And they have to be dealt with. De- dealing with it on government devices is only a start. Because it would potentially mean that, you know, ByteDance might come to the table and, and come up with other solutions that would satisfy the US and Australian governments and, and anyone else who's, who's uh, a bit wary about the app at the, mo- at the moment. Right. And so how does this approach, these outright bans on a social media app, compare with the way governments have regulated comparable social media platforms with similar reach. Well, that's that's one of the interesting things because, you know, the Home Affairs review that, that led into this ban, that was a look at social media companies in general. It was look at, looking at a wide variety. So you would assume that it would include Facebook, Twitter, all the other popular apps, but we don't know anything about what they plan to do on that. You know, there's an argument to be made that, There is no reason for, unless you're working in the social media team of a government agency, for you to have social media apps on your work phone. But so far, we haven't seen the same approach yet. I think anything that's that's done to the other platforms in terms of regulation will apply to TikTok as well. So, you know, we've got the privacy reforms coming through. Um, you know, a lot of the codes around what is and isn't acceptable to post online, the Online Safety Act, stuff like that, all will apply to TikTok as well as all those other platforms. So it's a, it's a bit of a special case for TikTok at the moment in terms of this particular ban. The other thing to mention is that Green Senator David Shoebridge has been quite critical of this. What we've seen today is the first stage in what will be an online game of digital whack-a-mole. Because he said that the focus was too limited. He said it should not be a TikTok-specific sort of rule that we're we're bringing in. You need to actually look at the data security of all of the apps at the same time and and make a decision based on that. The issues that apply uh, in relation to data from TikTok apply equally to Amazon, to Meta, to Facebook. Could there be alternatives to an outright ban on TikTok that could leave the app open but also protect the privacy of its users? Now, that's what we've been doing for the last two years, building what amounts to a firewall that seals off protected US user data from unauthorised foreign access. Well, the TikTok CEO has uh, announced this plan called Project Texas, which would move all the data held on Americans to America and keep it pretty protected from being accessed in China, which is probably a bit more palatable to Americans. 
The bottom line is this. American data stored on American soil by an American company overseen by American personnel. We call this initiative Project Texas. But the biggest one on the table is for ByteDance to essentially divest itself or completely move out of China and become an American company. And that would mean that it would be more reassuring to those countries that are a bit concerned about the, the Chinese government's access to it, and that would that would change things again. I think that's probably where the, the US is trying to get. Uh, we've seen this happen before. So it happened a couple of years ago with the gay dating app Grindr, where at some point it became a Chinese-owned company and the Americans got quite concerned because a lot of that app is very sort of sensitive personal information as well as location information. And they were worried it would uh, be used by the, the Chinese government to to locate people. And so they made it become an American company. But obviously, TikTok's a much larger app and, and has much broader impact. So I think that's probably the more, more the more extreme end of things that they want to do. But uh, I think that's probably where they're aiming for at the moment. So if TikTok doesn't divest from its Chinese company, interests, what could fill the gap that TikTok leaves behind? Well, I mean, if the US follows through with a threat, it opens the market up for an entire similar video dancing short video app. And, you know, we're already seeing in a stage where Twitter seems to be it's dying. So we're in like kind of like the next evolution of social media and and things are, are in flux and we don't know where they're going to end up yet. But it's very clear that governments are at least going to be playing some bit of a role there because uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, regulation coming in on them, whether it's from bans or you know enforcement of, of online safety rules and stuff like that. And so a lot of things are in flux. And I think that what we're using now is in terms of social media will not be the same in the next five or 10 years, mm. I guess. So we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. That was Josh Taylor, reporter for Guardian Australia. To find out more about Australia's ban on TikTok, you can check out Josh's explainer called What Does TikTok's Ban from Australian Government Devices Mean for Its Future? We'll post a link to that on the Full Story website. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Laura Briley-Newton, Karishma Luthria, Obrunil Hadra and myself. Sound design and mixing by Tegan Nichols. Our theme music is by Joe Koning. The executive producer of this episode was Miles Martignoni. I'm Jane Lee. Catch you tomorrow. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.